Welcome to Caffeinated Living, a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. I'm Kyle. And I'm Rob. And welcome to episode two. We made it. We've made it. So (laughs) if you have been with us from the uh, beginning, thanks for hanging with us. Welcome back. If this is your first time listening, welcome. So yes, today is episode two. Uh, we are going to take just a few mi- moments here. If you were with us in episode one, Kyle shared just a little bit mm. of his testimony and his story, how Jesus is working and moving in his life. So today, uh, I get to share with you guys a little bit of my story. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Before mm. we get going into that, Rob, how was your week, man? Have you had a good week? It was good. Well, my, my week was good. I was on vacation. So oh, now where'd you guys my- go on vacation? North Myrtle Beach. Nice. South Carolina. Was it nice down there? It was. It was. If you like the beach. Yeah. So as we're recording this, this is the Monday after the 4th of July. Did you guys have a good 4th? We did. We did. Buy any fireworks? Legally in South Carolina. Legally in South Carolina, yes. I did buy fireworks. (laughs) So we, we, we... Made it home in time for a fireworks show. All right. Well, good. Good. I I love the 4th of July. I want to tell you, since we're going to talk a little bit about our families, I was going to post this on social media this week, but I was like, I'm going to save this for the podcast. So one, this is a little bit a glimpse into the life of my daughter. Okay. Harper. She, uh, She saw a picture of the Duke Blue Devils logo, and she was looking at that. And uh, she said, we don't like them, Dad. And, and Harper or Emily, my wife, she said, no, we don't root for them. Who do we root for? And she said, tar. And Harper said, get. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife has her so brainwashed into we are a Target family that she was like, no, not the tar heels. Target. But yeah. That works. Yeah, we had a good week. I got to spend a lot of time with my family this weekend, so that was A+. plus. But I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story. I know a lot of it, but I'm excited to hear some little details that I may not have heard before. And like you did, I might uh, ask you some questions along the way. But let's turn it over to you, Rob. And we're excited. Hang with us through the whole episode because we're going to have, uh, we're going to do our draft style and uh, we'll explain that a little bit later. But Disney Parks. Oh yeah. Stick with us through the whole episode. But Rob, let's turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about how you came to know Christ. All right. Yes. So, um, excuse me. One thing y'all should know about Kyle and I, we are completely different in that his brain goes a whole nother level than my brain does, (laughs) which is a good thing. We're we're, we're all different. That's a good thing. But what I mean by that, when he's writing a sermon or a message, or just like last week as he was sharing his testimony, he has little bullet points. (laughs) One word. This is what I want to say. Yeah. I cannot do that. (laughs) I've never been able to do that. So I have written out the entirety of what I want to share today. So Kyle has already threatened me that this is not an audio book, so I cannot read it. Yeah. So I guess we could put some background music to it, and I can put some sound <laughs> effects in there for you if, you if you would like. But yes, I, w- I will try my best to, to sp- speak freely about it. So Kyle, you have my permission. If it gets to sound like an right. audio book, say Dude, come on now. Next yeah. chapter. Let's go. Next chapter. But no, if you had an opportunity to listen to um, Kyle's story, mine is completely different than his, which is a which is good. Uh, we we all don't have the same story of how Jesus began to work in our life, how we came to know Christ. So, regardless of whether you are a six-year-old and you profess faith in Christ, or you are a recovering addict Mm. and Christ came into your life, the biggest thing I want you to take away from this morning's podcast, Jesus changed your life. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Never be afraid to share your story. Mm. So many times when, I know even with my youth and people in our church, if we say, what was your story? What's your testimony? 
oh man, I don't, I don't have an awesome testimony yeah. like Kyle did. I don't have an awesome story like so-and-so did. That, that's not the point. Right. The, the, the point of sharing our story is to say that we serve an amazing God who thousands of years ago decided to have a relationship with us, but the only way that was going to be fixed was by sacrificing his son, Jesus Christ. And it was through Christ's sacrifice that allows us to have a relationship with God. And it's so much less about our story and more about his right. story. He did it. He did all the work. We, right. we had nothing to do with it. And I say that. I know that. And, and I'm saying all this to start off. As I was writing out what I wanted to say, looking back, I never realized how much the little details in my life that God was preparing me for where I am today. Mm. Um, so with that, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, grew up going to church every single day of the week because my parents were the custodians at our church. Oh, yeah. So literally, we were at church, it seemed like, every single day. Has um, a little kid, five, six, seven, eight years old, that can be really, really burdensome for a six-year-old, I guess. Uh, but there can also be a lot of fun in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that one of my jobs as I was when I was younger, I mean, obviously because I couldn't like go into the quote-unquote big church and vacuum and clean pews and all that. But when we would get to the church, my mom would say, okay, your job, I need you to go around to all the classrooms and pick up the trash, gather the trash for me. Okay, so easy enough, right? Well, the problem is when I start working on something or start doing something, I get distracted. (laughs) This is what we're like. So I would go into the pastor's office emptying out the trash. Well, if, if you're a pastor, you understand that you get so much random mail. Mm-hmm. You get mail, you get mail for t-shirts, you're getting the magazines, you're getting... Come uh, to my camp. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you're getting all these crazy things. Also, what I would do, after I would go through and I'd collect all the trash, I would pull out all the little flyers that would be like, Order these t-shirts, or here are these commentaries. Here, order these books, order these Bibles. And then I would go back into the pastor's study, and I would pretend like I was the pastor. <laughs> like I would sit there, and I would play on the phone. I'd be like, yeah, we need to order X amount of t-shirts oh, wow. for... And I would do this. I would go I would go over to his chalkboard. Yes, chalkboard. <laughs> this was before we installed whiteboards into the church. Um, but I would play on the chalkboard. I would like write little notes of... Okay, how many did we have in Sunday school today? How many did... I would do these things. I would never mess with anything other than the trash. Didn't mess with anything. But then when later on, I'll share this part later, but later on when we hired our first youth pastor slash choir director, his office was right beside the pastor's office. Well, all of a sudden his office was a lot cooler because he was getting more interesting mail coming in. And I was like, oh, cool, what's he doing here? This is kind of nice. So I would would pretend to do that. Uh, When it was my turn, or time, not turn, my time to go and dust the pews in the sanctuary. Yeah, I'd be sent, we'd be dusting the pews down. Later on, my mom or my dad would come back in and they would vacuum the sanctuary. Well, I would go up to the pulpit and I would open like the, the Bible that we had on our communion table, which if anybody was ever listening to this, they'd probably kill me for that because you know you don't mess with the communion don't Bible. You don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't mess with those things. But I would pull it open and I would just like start reading the scripture like how our pastor would. I'd start reading it, like just read it and act like everybody out there was the congregation or something. <laughs> but it's funny, like I was six, seven and eight years old. I didn't, I didn't realize really what I was doing. I just was emulating what I saw our pastor do, Hmm. you know? So I thought that was kind of cool. But at the age of six, um, I trusted in Christ for salvation. Hmm. Um, 
had the privilege, our, our pastor was sharing the sermon, and as soon as he was done, he, he gave a invitation, and I, I knew. I knew. I, I, I'm like, that. I'm missing that. I don't have that. Hmm. And I just got up, walked out of my pew, walked down, and my mom and dad were like, what's he doing? What's he doing? So like my dad, he, he, he came down, knelt down with me, and he was like, what are you doing down here? So, yeah. I, I, I want to trust in Jesus. He's like, what do you mean you want to trust in Jesus? So we we had this discussion, and I, I, I prayed the prayer. Um, if you're listening to that, praying a prayer doesn't save you. Right. Um, trusting wholeheartedly, fully in the person and the work of Jesus Christ and believing in Him, that, that's, that's what saves you. Mm. Um, so... But, but I prayed the prayer, and I talked with, we, we talked with my dad, and we talked with the pastor afterwards. And so the, the unique, funny, cool thing, I guess, about part of my story is a couple weeks later, I was preparing to be baptized, and we, we did it at our church campground. Oh, uh, that's cool. Every, every July, really cool. we always did like our annual church picnic. And so that week, I was able to be baptized in our creek down at our church picnic ground so every time i and, and i was trying to think of it kyle maybe you can help me but there, there's a song uh, is, is it the there's, there's a song there's, there's a christian artist that sings a song i can't think of it off the top of my head uh, take me down to the river that's i'm not, a terrible singer but so, i think it's jordan felice song yeah so every, every time the i river. hear that, yeah. that, that that's kind of what i think about that's cool that's cool um, so I, I, I was baptized in good old Mountain Creek water. Creek water. Creek water. <laughs> so that, 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 that's always a, a nice memory. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I cannot, and, and sometimes a lot of people get hung up on the date mm. that I got saved. Right. Honestly, I cannot remember that. I can tell you where I was sitting. Mm. I, I can tell you the conversation that my dad and I had. I can tell you the conversation I had with my pastor. I can tell you the experience of being baptized in, in, in our creek or, or the river, but the date, that, that's kind of foggy to me. Mm. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that I truly trusted and believed in Christ at that moment. So fast forward, get into seventh grade, and that year we had just hired our first youth pastor slash choir director that's and, an interesting mm -hmm. concept of youth ministry and choir that's that's cool though yep it was a and there's a lot of churches that they'll say youth pastor slash education director yeah yeah or you know so he he was the and typically i think he was probably hired more to be choir director slash youth pastor yeah you know, like the more emphasis on choir <laughs> yeah. than it was on youth. But my first year, youth, seventh grade. And, and you have to understand, when I was growing up, middle school was seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yeah. Same way with me. Yeah. So, okay. So seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, it wasn't until my 11th grade year that they brought ninth graders up to high school. Hmm. So here's this little seventh grader that was skinny as a stick, it was just like hypers all get out, just curious about life. And we go on our fall retreat, uh, went, went to our cabin. We had Our church had a cabin up at South Mountain Baptist Camp. And we're sitting there and he, he's sharing the lesson that night. And everything he's talking about, dude, I, I vividly, I remember this to this very day, sitting in our cabin. So, okay, Kyle, you've been in this cabin. If you've not been in this cabin, I apologize, people. But there's two doors, yeah, and then there's the hallway right here, and then there's the sides that go into the bedrooms. There's like a guy side and a girl right. side. So we always did the devotions right there in that little hallway. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sitting in a little rocking chair in that back corner right here beside on the girl's side. So I'm sitting in this little rocking chair, and all he is talking about is what it means to be separated from a living God. Hmm. And I'm like, I know all that. I know all that. Why am I feeling so like, I don't want to say disturbed, but so distraught and so disturbed. I was like, what is going on? And he, 
you know, he, he, he did the typical youth pastor thing, injury retreat, anybody have a decision you want to make, anything. I just like, I, I don't know of anything. I didn't think of anything. We continued on. But afterwards, after he was done at night, I just walked up to him and asked him if we could go and talk. And I, and I just told him how I was feeling, what, what, what was going on in my head, what was going on in my heart. And it was really interesting. He, he didn't try to, quote unquote, resave me. Hmm. Um, it was I one feel of those. Like happens a lot, right? I mean, I mean, sometimes when your students question their salvation, yeah. well, just trust in Jesus again, and right. you know. But it, it was a surreal moment for me. Obviously, I didn't really understand at the moment, but obviously being where I am now, but it was one of those. He said, "Do you truly?" understand what Jesus has done for you. Hmm. Like he began to kind of walk through that. Let's, let's, and, and what it boiled down to, long story short, what it boiled down to was your seventh grader, it's your first year in youth, you have a lot of emotions going on in your head. 100%. You, you, you think that everything you do, you're a horrible person and, and God is mad at you for every little sin and every little thing that you do. And I think that was the difference. I didn't understand. I knew I'd heard and I knew that Jesus died for my sins, but I didn't understand that Jesus had already forgiven me for those sins. Yeah. You know, like that that was a just something you had to learn along the way. Right. And so we, we sat there, we talked. I, I remember where we were sitting that night. Uh, just him being so patient, listening to a seventh grade boy talk about how quote-unquote, life is so hard <laughs> for over an hour. Wow. You know? But I was thankful for that. Yeah. Um, looking back on it. So move forward, eighth grade year. We decide uh, he's taking us in the fall. We're going to a conference. Uh, if, if you're listening, maybe some of you will be familiar with this. If you're in the younger generation, you probably would have no idea what I'm talking about. That's okay. Uh, but we went to a Dawson McAllister conference. I have no clue who that is. <laughs> he, uh, he, he actually, he, he still has a radio show host, or he is a radio show host. He still does it. Uh, but back then, he, he was kind of like your typical youth speaker. Everybody okay. went to the conference to go listen to. He, he would be like us going to, uh, maybe he's like, not quite like David Platt. He wasn't to that yeah, popularity, yeah. but I mean, like one of those big name yeah. things like that. So we, we went to a church down in Charlotte and for the whole weekend, and I'm just like, man, this is great. Like, I remember has this eighth grade, you're sitting there, you're like, this is great. Like, the guy who was leading worship, now granted, I still have the cassette tape. <laughs> Showing your age a little bit. <laughs> I still have the cassette tape. If, if, if I pull him up on Apple Music or Spotify right now and go back and listen to this, I'm like, that's a little cheesy back then. But <laughs> there's a lot of songs that are cheesy that pass the time that you remember them. They stick with you. And so uh, Dawson McAllister, comes up. He's speaking. Which, by and, the way, I just Googled him. He has an incredible mustache. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so every night when we would go back to our hotel... Uh, before the night would end, we'd all gather in, in our youth pastor's room, and he'd always be like, okay, what did you learn tonight? Hmm. What's something that stood out to you? What what did you learn? And there, there, you know, a, lo a lot of our my peers, they, they would all be sharing, you know, oh, I need to love Jesus better. I need to do this. I need to do this. I never said anything. I, I, I know I was never... If you know me, you'd find that hard to believe because I have opinions about everything and anything. Yeah, I can so, imagine seventh grade Rob not saying anything. Well, this is eighth grade Rob. I was more okay. mature. <laughs> so the last night, Saturday night, we're, we're all there. Actually, yeah, it's Saturday night. Uh, we're all there. We're sitting in a room. And, and I just remember that night at the conference where we were sitting the church that we were at, it, it looked like a massive arena to me at that time. They had this big, huge stage. They had the pews that were went all the way. It's kind of like a side, a semicircle 
type shape. Mm-hmm. Almost like an amphitheater. Yeah. And like, man, this is massive. This is like a rock concert, you know? <laughs> but we were sitting in the middle, uh, six rows back. And I just remember having that thought, man, I could see myself doing this. Hmm. This is really cool. Taking it back to when you were six years old. Almost. Almost. So that night we get back to the to our room and, and everybody's sharing. And I was telling him, I said, yeah, I, said, I, I would like to share what I want to take away from this weekend. And I said, I could see myself doing this. Like that, that, that was really cool to me. You know, like not just the upfront speaking, uh, but just the, the whole presence and the atmosphere, just the almost like being at a camp. Which I had never experienced at camp. I didn't know what that looked like at the time, and so I just remember thinking, "I I could do this." Um, of course, they all laughed about it. Yeah, okay, you know. And then, sadly, uh, let's fast forward a few more years. Moving into high school, reality begins to set in, uh, like it does with a lot of students sometimes. Yeah. That I began to value the opinion and thoughts of others more than I began to value God's word and his thoughts towards me. So God took a backseat through high school and wasn't until my senior year when it's crunch time and you're trying to figure out what am I going to do with my life? Uh, Do I go join the military? Do I go join like, am I going to college? What's going on? And so through high school, my identity in high school, I, I, I don't want to say it was an identity, but yeah, it was an identity. Uh, I, I was the band geek. Played, played clarinet, played tuba, was in chorus. Just became, we became known as the band geeks. That's, that's okay. That, that's, that's fine, yeah. I, I'll get that tatted on me somewhere. <laughs> band geek. Um, but I really began to develop a love for music. So I thought, man, I, 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 I could do this. But I didn't want to teach music. I just, just wanted to play. I just wanted to play. Well, so then I found out that you can actually go to college and get what they call music performance. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. So you look into that. Well, then you find out in order to be a tuba major, they're very... At that, at this point, you can point, major in tuba. Yes, you can major wow. in tuba. In I didn't tuba know that. Performance, which would allow you to play for orchestras, okay. uh, Broadways, big so shows. So the legit stage, yeah. But the problem is, in order to play for an orchestra, you have to wait till that guy passes away, basically, because oh, it's it's a lifetime gig. That's, wow. that's basically what it is. So. After high school, I uh, ended up going to a community college here. Uh, they had a music program, so I thought, two-year music program, that sounds great. Uh, two years turned into about three years. <laughs> you know. It, it happens. For, for some of us, it takes a little longer. It's okay. Um, but during that time um, at the community college, I, man, I loved it because our, my, my teacher... She, she was getting us gigs to where we were being able to play at churches. Uh, we were being able to go to schools and play. It's cool. Uh, little performances around our area. But that was my identity. I loved music. Anything classical, I loved it. That's who I wanted to be. Hmm. But then on October 31st, 1995, all that began to change. Hmm. Um, It's really weird, like this date specifically stands out, but the date that I profess faith in Christ does not. It's very cloudy. Yeah. I remember the day, I remember remember the moment, but the date can't, doesn't ring a bell. But what happened on October 31st, 1995, without too much detail, basically, two, I read two verses that dramatically or drastically changed my life. 
um, which have really stayed with me to even till today. Um, I don't want to say they're my life verses because all of the Bible should be our life yeah. verses. I love I love when people say, "What's your life verse?" Yes, <laughs> but in a sense, the, these are verses that yeah. really brought me back to God. Mm. Um, in that awesome sense, that Scripture did that. And so, Proverbs chapter three, verses five and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart, mm. and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. I remember reading that. I was like, man, I'm not doing that at all. Um, take a step back for a moment. Beginning of my senior year, our church had just hired their third youth pastor in five years. Wow. So. It's a lot. It's a lot. But I wasn't overly or wasn't eager to really get involved. Hmm. Senior in high school, yeah. trying to trying to move on with life, trying yeah. to say, okay, this is what I want to do. Didn't really go and talk to him. Didn't really want to try to get to know him that much because I had been burned, so to speak. From, yeah. from a student's perspective, I had been hurt from the previous youth pastor. A lot of trust had been broken. So at this point, I was like, why am I going to trust this other guy that's coming in? So let's flash, flash forward back, or go forward back to where we were. I'm reading, I'm reading this. And it's trust in the Lord with all your heart. At that do. moment, I realized I'm trusting in everything else, in anything else. I'm trusting in my ways, which obviously was not getting me anywhere because I've been at a two-year community college for three years. So obviously <laughs> it wasn't getting me anywhere. And it was really to the point that, is music really what I need to be doing? Do I just need to quit, go get a job in a factory, go get somewhere else, mm-hmm. something? And so I humbled myself. I went to my youth pastor and I said, look, I'm struggling. Something's going on in my heart, but I don't know what it is. Hmm. And at that moment, no hesitation, no questions asked. He said, let's begin to talk about it. It's cool. He said, what, 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 what did you read that, that has you so shook up? I told him the verses. He said, man, I love those verses. Those are some of my favorite verses. He said, let's begin to talk about them. Come back. Let's talk about it. So we began to meet every week mm. talking about what I'm reading and learning. And this is your God's senior work. year. No, th- this this is my uh, second year at the community college. But he came at your senior year. He came at my senior yeah, year. I got you. So th- th- it would have been his third year at our okay. church. So began reading, diving into God's word a little bit more, trying to understand it more. Because sometimes my idea of doing a devotion is let's read it just to be like a checklist. Yeah. Or I would read it for content, for, for length. Hmm. I got to try to read the Bible in one year. I got to, you know, <laughs> which I'm not a reader. Yeah. That, that's not me. So why would, I didn't realize that I was trying to set myself such a unrealistic goal of trying to read God's word when I'm like, Dude, I can barely memorize one verse, much less like try to read the whole Bible. Right. But anyway, um, he, he really began to just pour into me. So much so that um, I began to come back. I started helping him with youth on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights. Started going with him on trips, uh, doing activities, doing events with him. And doing life um it's really weird that his son who was three when he came to the church really me and him became buddies and it's it's really weird to think how god can use a little kid to kind of draw you to draw you back to him Hmm. But 
God's all powerful. God can do anything. Yeah. And I firmly believe that. So the next year, he's like, I want you to teach a Sunday school class. I was like, what do you mean you want me to teach? I don't want to teach a Sunday school class. So the only class that they were needing a teacher in, because one of the ladies had re- had retired, was the third and fourth grade class. Oh, yes. Like, what? No. So I'm like, these girls. Oh, oh, oh girls. Goodness. They were girls. That, I mean. Mostly. It, it was, yeah, mostly. Yeah. Um, but there were two of the girls that were in there. I mean, I've known them my whole life, obviously. They're third, fourth grade. But you yeah. want to talk about intimidation. Like, they knew so much more about the Bible than I did, which was, which is really sad. I get that. But still, it was very humbling. It yeah. was very humbling. And so, especially when you'd be, like, trying to teach the lesson, like, oh, didn't this happen? I, I don't know. It's not my study guide. Why are you asking me this question? I don't know. So, fast forward a little bit. Um, my youth pastor at that time, uh, even at the end of my senior year, he was wanting me to apply to his school where he went to school. Which was? Liberty University. Mm. And I'm like, nope, not going to do it. I'm not going to that school for multiple reasons. One, you had rules and regulations that you had to follow. Oh, yeah. At that moment, that was not really what I wanted to do. Uh, and the biggest reason, I was not going to wear a tie every single day to class. Mm. I was not going to get up and put on a tie to go to so a when, college class. So at that point, they were wearing shirts and ties. Yes. Wow. When so, I was there, it wasn't like that. Yeah, I know. You went to liberal liberty. <laughs> so. Oh, no. That, that was senior year of high school. So then we get to this point where I'm at, at, at the community college. Um, I'm trying to send out tapes, rehearsal tapes, dem- okay. demos yeah. for other schools to listen to. But it was like fishing. You're fishing. You're not getting any bites. Nothing. Nothing. So I was like, okay. Began to help him more with the youth, teaching Sunday school. And I remember sitting at home. And I told my mom and dad, I said, I really feel like God's calling me to the ministry. Are you sure about that? <laughs> I, I really, I really think so. I, I really think. So at the time, the idea was there's a little college up not far from where we live called Fruitland Bible Institute. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother used to be the, the, the chef there, the cook there. She'd drive up there and she would cook for all the students and then come back. Um, long, long before I was born, I think. But that was my connection to Fruitland. So we began to explore that, uh, began to explore some other things. Went and talked to my pastor about it. He recommended a few seminaries. But my youth pastor's like, I think you need to go to Liberty. I'm like, I don't want to go to Liberty. I don't, that's not where, that's not where I'm, I, I need to be. He's like, have you prayed about it? Oh, like, he dropped that on you. I don't need to pray about have it. I'm not going to Liberty. Let me take a break right there real quick. And whenever, as a Christian, whenever we say, I'm not mm. going to whatever it is, in my mind, the way that it works, God has a sense of humor to bring <laughs> those words back to you. Long story short, I ended up at Liberty University. <laughs> um, I ended up in ministry hmm. all through high school saying, I don't, I don't want anything to do with that. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to do. Um, it, it took me some time to figure out what part of ministry. Yeah. You know, um, we kind of thought, with the music background and, and love of youth and children, might be like that that music minister slash youth pastor type thing. But my love of music, the moment that I decided, hey, I'm going all in. I'm trusting in the Lord with all my heart. I want to serve Him, whatever that's going to look like. I'm giving Him my life. At that moment, every bit of love and passion that I had for music 
completely disappeared. Wow. Like, I can't explain it. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love music. Um, music is a huge part of who I am. I mean, that's... But has for a living. Right. I have no desire. Like, now, it'd be interesting now for the church that I'm currently in, been here almost 15 years, so if I pulled out a big tuba and started playing it, that I'll be like, what in the world is going on? That would be really interesting for, for that part of it. You know what I think about when I think about a tuba? Veggie tails. Yep. yep. Yes. That, that, that's what everybody, you hear the tuba, that's what everybody thinks about. That's okay. That's okay. So uh, I ended up at Liberty University, and man... The idea of moving, and, and you talked about this last week, the idea of moving four hours away, mm-hmm. it was like, whoa, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Like, Now, granted, I was 20 years old, so I was a little bit older going to college, but still, like yeah. that far away for your first time at home by yourself, on your own, it, it was a little little intimidating. So I need to wrap this up. Um, at Liberty, God really put some amazing men in my life that encouraged me, held me accountable, hmm. helped me grow, and so thankful for those guys. Um, so thankful for them. And so upon graduation, uh, accepted a call at a church back home, at a little local church, and quickly realized that ministry is not always what you think it's going to be. Amen. Mm. Like, they need a class for college and seminary to say, this is what ministry is going to be when you graduate. Yeah, yeah. This, this is going to be real life ministry. And so had a lot of ups and downs, um, a lot of hurt, a lot of questions, um, really thinking, okay, God, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? And it was really the first time in my life that I felt so alone. Your first year in ministry? Just, yeah. I spent two and a half years at, at that church, and it was it, it was one of those I felt like I was constantly drowning, hmm. just every day trying to stay above water, to grasp air, just to breathe. No support, no encouragement. But I look at it and I can say, well, that was a horrible thing. Why did I do that? But I look look back on it and I think God was pruning me in that situation. God was saying, you want to say your life verse is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. And God will never give us more than we can handle. It may seem like it, but God promises he's never going to desert us. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And I had to cling to that. And it was during this time that God sent me this person that was going to be there to walk with me through the whole process almost. Um, he, he, would, he would send me my, my, my future wife. Mm. So we... we Met, took, the, took our children to a little camp up here, South Mountain Baptist Camp, and she was our staffer for the week. She worked, she worked on camp staff there, and probably it would be interesting to bring her onto this podcast because <laughs> we did not hit it off one bit. It was definitely not love at first sight, um, so much so that she was so aggravated with me that she went back to her main staff person and said, I need a new church because I can't be with that person. Wow. Um, you about blew your shot before I, you even I, had a shot. I about blew my shot. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, uh, as the week went on, um, just we began to talk. Just Now granted, she is a little younger than me. Little, seven years, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, but no, we, we began to talk after that week. Uh, I continued to write her letters, sent her cards in the mail, sent her little care packages. Um, and we went on our first date. Uh, 
Uh, six months later, I asked her to propose. I proposed to her. I asked her to marry me. Yeah. And she said yes, even though everybody else around her said, "Are you sure about this? Are you sure about this?" Um, too much, even so that even on our wedding day, everybody was coming up. Are you sure this is your last chance? Are you Man. sure? She's like, Rob, one or two people say that. It's kind of funny, but when everybody you know is saying that, I'm kind of concerned now. It's like, you're, you're hooked for life now. You can't go anywhere. You, you're mine for life. So they tried to warn you. But no, we're going, I'm going to wrap this up just to say that God put her in my life at the exact moment we needed or that I needed. Uh, she is my backbone. She is my strength. She's my helper. I cannot imagine doing life or ministry without her. Yeah. And so, yeah, we that was almost 15 years ago. So she's been with me ever since then, and we have an, an amazing 10-year-old daughter right now. And so thankful for her spirit, uh, thankful that my daughter takes her spirit after her mother. And not her father. I'm thankful for that right now. She's a lot like you, but yeah, she definitely gets she her is. mother's spirit. She is. But she has a heart for people. Yeah. And I, and I love that. So that that's just a little bit of my story. Didn't mean to take so much of your time. I apologize for that. But That was good stuff. But before you wrap all this up, I don't, I don't think we should just breeze past this. Um, but you talked about your wife and how in ministry she is not just your biggest helper, but she, I mean, you wouldn't be where you were without her. How has she been the encouragement you needed when you needed it most? Because I feel like so many times, uh, not saying you and I are like this, but so many pastors try to do it on their own and don't mm. involve their wives, which I don't think to an extent we should throw them into the fire with us right um but i think we should involve our wives but how was she the biggest encouragement in the time that you needed her and and, and even now gosh man we could do, we could do a whole another and we uh, we will we, we could do we another will. episode on that let's bring but, them on one day um during that time she she god brought her in at the end of that, yeah, where there were so many unreal expectations that God brought her in has a ear. Sounding board. Sounding board. Just somebody yeah. for me to, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going crazy. Right. I, I need, so. She, she reeled you back in. She was just a constant encouragement. Yeah. Um, she... She grew up with her youth pastor. Um, his wife was never fully involved in the youth group. So she grew up with that background. Right. So I'm thankful that she sees that because I have never expected her to go and hang out with our youth girls or go and do all these things. Mm -hmm. she, she does that because she, she loves them. She wants yeah. to be a part of their life. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. She, she is a constant source of encouragement. Um, very supportive. Yeah. Um, and we're like... She does keep you grounded. She does keep me grounded. <laughs> she keeps him reeled she, in. <laughs> she, she keeps me uh, muted at, at certain points of, of the time, too. Uh, she is my sounding board when it comes to social media. I, I, I now have to... Sometimes. ...approve uh, my, 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 my rants, as some people call them, or my, my Facebook posts. Yeah. Um, but no, but, she she is a huge encouragement that her spirit I, I don't know how to say this without sounding cheesy but her spirit is a Christ-like example. Hmm. That's who I would want to model after. That's yeah. who I'd want my daughter to model after. That's good. She she's the peacekeeper, the peacemaker, and of course I, I'm a Peter. I'm let me speak first and mm -hmm. then do think through it later. Right. You know? That's good stuff, man. That's really good. So kind of tell the people where you are now and what you what your role is at your current church and anything else you want to say. So yeah, um, I'm currently the student pastor and. Fam 
family pastor at West Hickory Baptist Church. Uh, been here almost, almost 15 years. So that, that's kind of crazy to think about. Um, 15 years in ministry is a lot. That is rare. But 15 years at one church. So they're total 21 years in ministry yeah. total. I think the average is, what, three? Something like and that. I, and it, I've it, gone it, to, it may even be less than that now. And I've gone to conferences with Rob where like, they always do the thing, who's been at their church, and and like it's so rare. But hearing him share that with people, people are like, really? So that encourages me and pushes me as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously that is... Wisdom, mm-hmm. um, if I can, if I if I can use that word, um, <laughs> there's some wisdom that comes with that. There's some grace that definitely has to come with that. Yeah, and God's leading. Yeah, God's hand in it. That knowing that I can't do this on my own. Mm. I mean, ministry is hard. Yeah, working with people in ministry is harder. Yeah. But I love them, and sure. I, I wouldn't change it. Uh, I wouldn't change the experiences that I've gone through. Yeah, because it has helped shape who I am. Um, even those experiences that I've gone through has really helped shape my worldview. Right. You know, and I, I think that's important. We we need to, if we can't learn from our mistakes, I don't I don't know that we can ever learn and grow in ministry. Yeah. Well, Rob, man, that's good stuff. I hope that encourages somebody listening to it today. I appreciate you sharing your heart, your mind, even some some hiccups along the way. I think so many times we shy away from that stuff. But, man, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back in a second. This episode is brought to you by Share the Magic Travel. Let us do the work while you enjoy the magic. Whether it's your first or 50th Disney vacation, Share the Magic Travel is here to help you with planning your next magical vacation. We understand that trying to plan a Disney vacation can be stressful. Where to go, what to do, how to save money, when to make a reservation. It is information overload. This is where Share the Magic Travel can help. We offer free quotes for all Disney destinations, theme parks, cruise ships, and adventures by Disney. Contact us today and begin creating your next Disney vacation package. Several ways to find us on Facebook at Share the Magic Rob Kaler, on Instagram at Get Your Ears Vacay, or email us at Rob at ShareTheMagicTravel.com. Let's start the magic today. Welcome back. Uh, thank you for joining us. So now we want to take a transition here. Kyle and I both love Disney. Uh, Disney movies, Disney parks, yeah. Disney World, Disney food. But we're not going to talk about Disney food. We're going to save that one for a later time. Oh, yeah. Um, just because we talked about our ballpark foods last, last episode. So over these next few moments, we're going to do a... Disney World attractions. Let's say attractions. attractions. Disney World attractions. If we just said rides, we we need to include some show. I mean, if you oh, want. Man, now, now, you, now you're changing my game plan. Okay, uh, there's reason. So, if it's an attraction, I'll say that. Um, oh man, that not the, like fireworks shows or parades or stuff like that. Well, but, no, no, no. I know. Now, now that changes my whole thought process. Well, okay. I'm sorry, That's all but, right. but we we're, do. We both love Disney, and I think the thing that I love about Disney the most is just details. Like we, yeah. we have Carowinds near us. Nothing compared. Universal. I love Universal. Nothing compared to Disney World parks. I love everything about it. So same here. Same here. Just I know everybody says don't go to Disney World. It's the most hated place on earth. Yeah. It's so miserable. But man, I just love <laughs> it's like immersive. that moment when you walk into yep. the park and you see Main Street right there. You're like, oh. Well, it's like that it's, sign when you walk in. You now are leaving today and entering the world of 
tomorrow and oh yeah i love it man it's so welcome home yeah that home so with that said uh we are going to do a draft Draft of our top five disney attractions which is gonna be interesting because we both there's some things we might like that's the same but a lot of our ride choices i think are going to be different like there's things that i would take that i think you would never take Right. And there's things that you would take that I would never take. And probably the only way that we would take one of those rides... Strategy. Is if we did it just to see if we could get a rise out of yeah. the other. That, that would be the only reason. So... Um, you got the first pick this time since I picked first last time. I was going to let you go first no, since you were the no, youngest. No, 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 no. I picked last time... You get first pick. All right. And so we're, we're not doing it snake style. We're just going back and forth. All right. So here we go. First pick. I hate to say it. Actually, I don't hate to say don't, it. I, I, own it. I, I, no, it's not that I hate to say it. It's I'm sad to say it. How's oh, that? I'm sad okay. to say it. All right. Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. Zippity doo dah. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sad to see it go away, but I think they're going to do a great job yeah. with it. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people that are upset about it, but Disney's going to do it right. I they mean, will. I mean, Princess and the Frog is one of the best m- movies musically that I've seen and heard in a long time. So and, I'm and it, about it. It, the the Bayou it still fits. There's a steamboat it, at the it end. It still fits some of it. Yeah. So they're they're going to do it well. But yes, steamboat. So, I meant riverboat. So Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain number one. Uh, good pick, man. There's a pick I could take, and you would be so mad right now. Um, but I'm going to just go my favorite ride. Period. Splash, or not Splash Mountain, Space Mountain. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. I, I love that. I know you're not a huge fan of it because it's a, it's a dark roller, it's a roller coaster. coaster. You can't see, but that's the, that part that I love. Like, I would want to go to Disneyland so bad where they've got uh, Hyper Force Mountain or Hyper Space Mountain, whatever it is, but I love Space Mountain. I would wait probably an hour to just ride that ride. I love that ride. That, that's the same with my wife and my daughter. They love it. Yeah. So, all right, Splash Mountain, Space, Space Mountain. Mountain. So we got the mountains. We're doing five. Much. We're doing five here. We're, we're going to do five. Yeah. Okay. So my second attraction or ride. I know what it is. You think you know what it is? If you don't take it, I'm going to take it. So you better take it. I know. Pirates of the Caribbean. All right. Yeah. So I say I, Caribbean. It's the Caribbean. <laughs> Who says Caribbean? Pirates of the Caribbean. So yes. Um, Classic. I'm a pirate at heart. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm a pirate at heart. Pirates of the Caribbean. So Splash Mountain, Pirates of the Caribbean. That's a good two. Uh, thing I love about pirates, man, is it's weird, but the smell, the smell of pirates. Yes. Um, my number two would be, man, uh, Haunted Mansion. Uh, if we're talking about another dark ride that you just sit in and go through, I love Haunted Mansion. I, I have Funko Pops of Haunted Mansion. I, I was almost going to take that one just just to get a rise yeah. out of it because I know that. Would well, be... if you would have taken that, I would have taken Pirates. But I love Fair Haunted enough. Mansion. Fair so enough. detailed. I even love the Eddie Murphy movie with Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Not a lot of people do. All right, what's your third? Right. Third pick. I'm going to go away from a ride since we're doing attractions, yeah. Yeah. shows, rides, Fantasmic. Oh yeah, at yeah. Hollywood Studios. I'll count that. That's Man, good. That that is probably th- this is a plug. This is probably one of the best shows in all of yeah. Disney. We did that back in September together. That's the first time I've ever seen that, and man, it, it was cool. It, it brings back so much, so many memories of yeah. older Disney, like Steamboat Willie. Oh my is goodness! In it. It, yeah. If you've never been to Disney and you're planning a trip, do it. Yes, highly recommended. There's so. people that would choose other things, but man, that is worth it. All right, number um, three. Number three. I'm going to go, it's not a show, but it's definitely an attraction. It's not a ride. Um, over at Animal Kingdom, okay? Okay. Um, the Safari, Kilimanjaro Safari. That's on my list. Oh, man. There's nothing man. better than when you get to Animal Kingdom and your first thing you go to is the yes. safari seeing the lions which are super lazy and the drafts and all yes, that I, I agree and the humor in the drivers is is, is awesome so you got splash i got space um your number two was pirates. pirates my number two was haunted mansion you said phantasmic and i say kilimanjaro safari so that's our three okay so number four what you got 
I'm going to stay in Hollywood Studios. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to stay in Hollywood Studios. And as I exit Fantasmic, I'm going to go to the right. Hold on. Let me think. Oh, man. Tower of Terror, Oh, baby. man. Tower of Dang. Terror. I was going to try to sneak that into my last one. One of the best rides. Uh, so well themed. Oh, man. So, all right. Number four. Oh, man. I'm stuck now. I'm so stuck. Um, okay, this is a newer one, and you, this would never be on your list. So maybe it's a bad pick, but Flights of Passage uh, in Pandora. I, I love that. It's man, if you've never ridden it, it's a newer ride. Um, it's really cool. It, you're gonna wait a long time if you don't get a fast pass. Super cool if you've ever seen the movie Avatar. I love it. All right, it would make you motion sick though. Oh, yeah, dude, anything makes me motion sick. <laughs> um, number five is hard. There's two things I want to pick. I can't believe you took Tower of Terror. Why, why would I not take Tower I know, of Terror? I, I love Tower of Terror. I forgot about it. I forgot. Um, if you better not say it. You better not. Say what? If it, is it a Magic Kingdom? You. <laughs> one's at Magic Kingdom and one's at Hollywood. You only have one left. I know. I have one left. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go with the ride or if I want to go with like a show. I'm really, really torn because one is nostalgic and one is flipping awesome. I'm shaking my head right now. Um, oh, man, I don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> He's tilting. Oh, yeah, I am. I am. Um, okay. I, 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 am, I am a nostalgic person. No. I, I, love, I love history. I love... Okay. Things that make it. So oh. I'm going to go with the little boats that you get on. Don't. Don't. And you get to tour all the countries. No. no. And you see all the little puppets singing to you. It's a small world. I'm done. I'm walking off. I'm done. <laughs> so. Seriously, Rob, that is. I'm not. I'm not mad because you took it and I wanted it. I think it's the worst ride at I know Disney you do. World. I know you do. So we have Splash Mountain, Pirates, Phantasmic, uh-huh. Tower Terror. It's a small world after all. It's terrible. But I'm going to see if your number five was... I don't think it is. I don't I, think I, it, You said it was at Hollywood Studios? Yeah, I don't think this one would be on your radar. No. But this one would be on my radar for a couple reasons. So uh, If you don't take it, then I'm going to quickly end... Explain why this one would be. Okay, my number five is, people don't like it, um, but it's in Epcot. I love Epcot. It's probably my favorite park besides Magic Kingdom. Um, But uh, what is it called? Um, Spaceship Earth. I love Mm -hmm. Spaceship Earth. I love going through history, and I love uh, all the different things. Now, it could be updated, and it's supposed to be updated. I think they canceled it pre-COVID. But... Spaceship Earth, it's something about going through and thanking the Phoenicians for being able to read and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I love Spaceship Earth. That's I think a good it's, one. I think it's awesome. So that's my personal top five. Now, there's things that we haven't ridden, such as Rise of Resistance and the new Mickey and Minnie uh, Rail. Sure. But yeah. Runaway Rail. Railway. Is that it? Runaway yeah. Railroad. That is our top five. The, the one that I was struggling with, real quick, we'll wrap this up. You're good. You have to have it's a small world just be, just just because of the nostalgia, okay? It's it's one of the oldest rides at Disney. It's what it's what Disney is. But the other one was Indiana Indiana Jones mm-hmm. Adventure at Hollywood Studios. Now you might you might laugh at me. I've never done that. Oh man. Ever. You, seriously, you should check it out. Um, just because they show you like how they film the movie, all the behind yeah. the scenes things. But I guess it's a personal thing because the last two times that we have went to watch it, uh, my wife and I both got to, we got casted as the extras. Oh, that's cool. So we kind of got to be in the background part that's of cool. it. That's cool. So that, that's what makes it really fun when you're yeah. down there. All these explosions and you feel the heat coming. You're like, whoa, that's <laughs> awesome. All so, right. Well, it, any runner up for you? Uh, runner up would probably be Expedition Everest. I love that See, roller coaster. I'm really surprised you didn't say that. I know, sooner. I know. I, I was really surprised. Yeah, and I, I could have said Big Thunder Mountain too, taking two mountains. But, taking two mountains. But yeah, I mean that is our personal top five. Let's run through them again. Minus Space Mountain, um, 
Kilimanjaro Safaris, Haunted Mansion. Um, what did I say? I know I said it. Spaceship Earth. And Pandora. I, and, and Flights of Passage. That's my top five. What's yours, Rob? It's mine was Splash Mountain, R.I.P. Yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, Fantasmic, It's a Small World, <laughs> Indiana Jones Adventure. No, I'm missing one in there. Because oh. It's a Small World is my fifth one. Oh, Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror. That's a good five. Let us know who you think had the best five. Um, let us know any way that you can. Some of you, some of you guys let us know back about our ballpark foods. And, uh, and Rob messed it up when he took a, a buffalo chicken wrap. <laughs> but we thank you guys for joining us for the episode today. Uh, we look forward to next week's episode as well. So until next time. Keep it caffeinated, friends. <laughs> <laughs>